From the founders of Mod Racing and the Northwest Rally Association, this is the Motorsports and Driver Development Show. My name is Katie Lobkovich, and together with Keto Brohlmeyer, who is my partner in life and business, we've built the fastest growing rally program in the U.S. Through our work, we get to meet incredible people, and our goal is to help you get where you want to go by sharing the experience and knowledge from others who've been there. Today, we were talking to Victor Biloto, a French professional co-driver. I have to be honest, the best part of this conversation was actually during a break we took to allow some noise to quiet down outside my office. We got to talking about his professional career as an engineer and how he wanted to work in motorsports badly enough to send out 120 resumes. In that time, we really learned how driven Victor is and he shared the best lesson of the day, which is that nothing bad can happen if you just try. And maybe your passion will allow others to see that you are really capable. Now, during the recorded part of the episode, you can see that spirit take shape in everything he talks about. Falling in love with Rally from a young age, building his skills, and making the jump into professional co-driving. We get into some technical bits about the different kinds of Rally and different strategies for each. It's a really great chat, and whether you are a co-driver, driver, or interested in being on the logistics side of the sport, I really think you're going to like this one. Thank you for tuning into the show today. You can follow along with our race series on Instagram or Facebook at Mod Racing, or you can find us online at modracing.com. All right, let's get to Victor. Welcome to the Motorsports and Driver Development Show. I'm Katie. And I'm Keto. And today we are joined with Victor Biloto, who is a co-driver coming to us all the way from France. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very much for having me on, on your show. It's a great pleasure to be here, yeah. Yeah, we um, are very excited to have you. We meet a lot of great drivers and co-drivers, but we're really excited to talk to someone who is from Europe where the rallying scene is so much more storied. It's been going on so much longer. We feel like you're gonna have a lot of great things to share. So thank you. Hope so. <laughs> so um, let me start at the beginning. How? <laughs> How, what was the path from uh, childhood to getting into rally? Did you see it as a child and like, wow, I want to do that? Or was it something later in life? How did you, how'd you get into rally? Uh, it's a long journey to, to come from the zero to now. But uh, I will say uh, in my family and friends, nobody was involved in rallying. Uh, whereas I'm, I'm, I live uh, near the greatest rally on earth is Monte Carlo Rally. So I live just a few kilometers from here, but I was never been involved in this sport. And uh, one day when I was seven, seven years old, uh, I saw a picture of uh, Oriol on uh, New Zealand Rally uh, in 94. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw this on my air uh, dresser. Uh, but now uh, I don't need a hairdresser anymore, but uh, before <laughs> I, was, I was more the hair before. Um, and I saw this picture and uh, instantly I was just amazed by the landscape, the car, and uh, I wanted to, to understand what this sport is. And since then, uh, when I was a kid, I just uh, collect all the pictures I, I can on the newspaper. I just try to see videos and stuff like that. But uh, I've never been to a rally uh, before two, 2000. Um, so I was a little kid and nobody was involved. So it was difficult for the other to help me to, to see this kind of sports. And uh, one day my, my dad uh, and, uh, uh, come to see us with my brother and told us, uh, 
Do you want to see the rally in Gap, uh, the service park? And I was, oh yeah, yeah, I want to see this in real life. And uh, I just see the serv I just saw the service park, and uh, I, I just want uh, say, uh, yeah, I want to do that uh, in my life. It, it's so amazing. The, there was the smells, the, the color of the cars, the noise, uh, all the people, and uh, it was just amazing. It's. Uh, a small place where everybody comes, the car was just amazing compared to what we saw on the road, uh, public road. And uh, yeah, it was my first experience as a, in rallying. And uh, the first race I really saw uh, on special stages was the next year Rally Monte Carlo in 2001. And I was on the Sisteron Tour stages. I, it's a very famous stages in the World Rally Championship. It's a just amazing, 37 kilometers, very, very hard. And uh, I was just at the beginning of the special stage on the first airpin. And there was uh, Colin McRae at the start line. And uh, immediately when I hear the noise of the Focus WRC, my, my leg just shake. It was just amazing, <laughs> and, uh, and when I see, saw him uh, sliding uh, just two meters from me, uh, it was. Uh, I have also the souvenir now, uh, twenty years, uh, twenty years uh, since. So yeah, it was. Uh, it really marked me uh, for for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. So did what did your dad say when you said, "I want to do this"? Did he laugh or was he like, "Okay"? <laughs> No, I was super excited, but I, I was young, but uh, I was already focused on what I was doing for my school uh, degrees and stuff like that. I was some ideas, but uh, I, I wanted to be involved in it. So it's easy to say, but not so easy to, to do this. So after I try, um, I try to inform myself about the engineering degrees, some some work uh, that you can do on, on motorsports. There are plenty of work you can do on motorsport. Mm -hmm. So the first one, I tried to be a photographer. So it was the easiest way uh, when you are a spectator. It's the easiest way to, to start a, a career, uh, I would say. And, and after, I wanted to be involved. So I try, uh, I propose myself as a volunteer mechanic on, on some uh, local team. Mm -hmm. uh, I am I am lucky to to be in a region that uh, rallies is, is very is very common and uh, there is a lot of rally. Uh, I think in France we have like three three hundred rallies uh, in a year. So wow. it's nothing compared I think to UK or US when you have maybe eight rally in a year. Uh, here from the beginning to small rally to biggest rally we have thirty three hundred rallies. So it's easy to find some teams or, more, or some uh, ideas to, to be involved. Mm. So at the beginning, I started to do this and uh, I have the idea to be an engineer because uh, I saw, uh, thought that uh, in this way, I will have more opportunity to, to grow and uh, to have the chance to work in it. Yeah. Mm. So tell us how, um, first of all, 300 rallies a year is amazing. <laughs> but what, what, what I'd like to know is how, um, how did you end up in a car? That's a code yeah, um, so I was still in my engineering degree in Paris uh, in an in engine field. So it was a specific field uh, to be an engine engineer, in fact. Mm -hmm. 
and a friend of mine uh, who made the mostly the same study as me as the lowest level uh, wanted to he was a co-driver before and wanted to to start on the other side of the of the car mm. and uh, wanted to build his own car so he don't he didn't want to buy a car and just driving it he, he wanted to to be a mechanic a real one and uh, try to to make his own rally car and uh, he asked me if i wanted to to join him as a co-driver to to start to to be a, a team together mm -hmm. so is that that's why i i started to be a co-driver i was never thinking about this before i wanted to to try for sure but uh, i never had the idea to start it and uh, and he gave me the opportunity to to be a co-driver yeah oh. so it was in uh, yeah so sorry oh i was just going to ask did you learn did you go to a specific school or training to learn the notes and all of that or did you and your friend just figure it out as you went yeah we we, we know rally as a, as a spectator or as a, i was also weather proof or pro drive in monte carlo 2012 so i was also gravel proof or some crew in a, a french championship so i had some some um, some tools to to start with and uh, when you're passionate you know a little bit how it how it works and uh, so yeah uh, my friend just told me uh, no problem I, I will teach you how it works and uh, he was co-driver uh, for two years before so he has some tools and he know how it works and um, so our first rally was in 2008 in a small rally at the it's called Rally du Vaison uh, in south of France, mm -hmm. but we made only one kilometer because we rolled, uh, we, we rolled just one kilometer after the start. <laughs> uh, there was a fuel leak uh, at the rear of the car, mm -hmm. and uh, we didn't notice it before we make uh, make a turn. So it was a small road at the small speeds, uh, no no drama, but uh, uh, just uh, important to stop the, the rally immediately. So. It was a hard start, especially for my friends who make a lot of effort to, to build his own car. He make, wow. made this for one and a half year, so it was a lot, a lot of time. Mm -hmm. But he finds the motivation to, to be on the next rally uh, two months after, and it was in my hometown, uh, uh, just at the same special stage as Monte Carlo, but for a smaller rally. Mm -hmm. So And we finish it, so... It was really starting now after this rally. Uh, we can release the pressure and started to to make the championship complete. Uh, mm -hmm. But with this driver and his car, we make eight rallies and only two two finish because um, when you build your own car, it's difficult to to be reliable. To everything was sorted and everything like that. So we all the time we had mechanical issue and mm -hmm. sometimes just before the start. So it was a difficult year uh, until 2010. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, after you started to to see some other people, to to talk to other people, and uh, you can have some other opportunity to to try something else also. Yeah. So how did you make the transition from being a co-driver for your buddy to uh, professional co-driving? Uh, I, I will say uh, contact people and also some luck uh, because uh, 
is that you need a lot of work to be good at it, to to make your own tools, to make the good pace notes, to be uh, recognized for your for your skills. Mm -hmm. But you also need a little little bit of luck or uh, opportunity to start to to take the highest level. Uh, you can stay uh, 10, 10 years at the same level uh, to be really good at at you doing. But if nobody uh, gives you the chance to to change the level, uh, you will stay at the same level all the time. So when you are starting to to make some rallies or biggest ones in a French championship, you started to to see other people. You are talking to other people, and uh, and, and and the people uh, saw what you are doing and capable of, and uh, and sometimes you have some calls, and uh, it's a good one to to change the level. So until 2014, I was between uh, amateur and uh, semi-professional. Uh, when, when I say semi-professional, it's just that you, you are not paying to, to, to be a co-driver. Mm -hmm. Because in France, as, as um, lowest level, it's common to, to uh, participate for the entry fees, for uh, accommodation, for, to help your driver to, to, be, to, to compete in the rally. Mm -hmm. But when you're starting to be good, to, to change level, uh, the amount of money is, is, can change a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you are really good at it, uh, you can be a co-driver for nothing. So mm -hmm. it's a good step in France to, to, to co-drive for nothing. And after to be paid for it, uh, it's an, another story. Mm -hmm. So in 2015, I, uh, I, was, I had the opportunity to, to make GWRC mm -hmm. in the DS3R3 in the World Championship. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a, a good company that can help me to, because I was an engineer in airplane uh, in South mm -hmm. of France, and they let me go to uh, to Portugal, for to Finland, some to Estonia to 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 try to to be a professional co-driver. So it was uh, really helpful. Wow! And, and, and in this period, I, I can start to to earn a little bit of money. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, for co-driving but uh, it was difficult to live for that yeah. interesting how many drivers have you co-driven for uh, I made a big table where I put all my rallies and <laughs> kilometers and special stages so yeah. I have everything of, for statistics and stuff like that yeah. uh, I count yesterday I had 24 different drivers wow. and wow. Uh, Maybe two or three of them have the biggest amount of kilometers, and the other is just uh, some uh, help for one rally or stuff like that. So, mm. but at, at, in total, I yeah, have 24 different uh, drivers. Yeah. So, talk to us a little bit about what the challenges are and maybe what you've learned from working with so many drivers. Uh, as Lynn said, uh, when you are the same driver all the time, it's, it's, uh, you can create a good story because you can be. Uh, mostly as best friend you you start with so the beginning to the highest level like uh, Ogier and Gracia did or, or, or other uh, Makinen and his co-driver a lot of big stories uh, with the same people but it's difficult when you are just a beginner to stay with the same guy because you, your driver can don't have the money to 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 put you or improve on some other level or you wanted to stop uh, starting something else so 
when it's, uh, the story like that uh, are wonderful, but are very few uh, of them. So uh, to be involved with many drivers can you also open your mind and uh, see other way of working. Uh, to, it, it can help you to know what you like most, what type of kind of driver you like. Um, so it's, it's nice to, to see how other people can work. And uh, uh, this situation helped me a lot to, to improve my, myself as a co-driver, mm -hmm. to, to see different way of working. And uh, it's great when you, you don't have to change all the time. It's not also a good solution, but uh, to find the balance between that, it's, it's a nice uh, thing to improve yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you, have you ever been on the other seat? Have, the you, seat? have you been the driver? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, once <laughs> I wanted to try a uh, gravel rally, which is my favorite rally on earth. I love gravel. I love that uh, for many reasons. I love the improvisation, the landscapes. Uh, as a co-driver, you have in France instead, you have more work to do in, in gravel rally because you you have only one uh, run through the stages the morning of the rally oh. mm. with your uh, race car. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a lot of time to, to tidy your pace knot. Mm. Uh, if you made a mistake during the Ricky, you don't have the time to, to, to correct it. So there is a lot of challenges to, for the gravel in France. And I wanted to try it, but I had never found a, a driver to do that because there is a lot, there are a lot uh, there are a few um, rallies in France, only six, and now seven rallies for gravel rallies in France, so it's very few rallies, and uh, the seats are very uh, limited, so to find a place is difficult. And I say, okay, uh, I will uh, do it myself, so I try to rent a car, uh, try to set up something to, to be at the start of the last rally of the championship. And uh, I did that with my, a good friend of mine who never tried rallying. So I was a teacher for him also for co-driving. And it was a good adventure until the sixth stage uh, where we crashed on a, on a, on a tree. It was a daylight, uh, it was at night. Uh, the car was not so much set up and uh, I was uh, surprised by, by a bump. And uh, we came directly to a, to a tree, and uh, the car was uh, badly damaged. We we were both okay, but uh, but yeah, but I I never regret to to try it. But uh, now with my experience, now uh, I wanted maybe to to make another rally uh, as a driver to, in, on gravel also uh, to to try uh, to give a try. So. Um... It's interesting uh, that you talk about gravel um, rally. I'm assuming that the other one is tarmac. Um, in the U.S. here, uh, we don't have tarmac rallies. Uh, we all our rallies are pretty much on gravel. I'm kind of thinking to myself, I can't remember. I think it's been quite a while since we've had a tarmac rally. So um, can you kind of talk a little bit about the differences between those two? Um, so our audience sort of gets a better idea of like the difference between a tarmac rally and a gravel rally. Because in the U.S. there's just rally. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's uh, about culture, Italy, France, Spain, uh, Germany. Uh, our culture is tarmac or racetrack and uh, 
we have we are more we have more uh, road uh, suited for tarmac rally uh, small road bigger road uh, than gravel rally most of the gravel road are private only for field or agriculture and uh, it's mostly impossible to make a lot of uh, different rallies in france now everything now is mostly tarmac compared to Finland, Norway, or Estonia, where uh, most of the big roads are in gravel. Uh, it's a very good load. You can uh, run at uh, one, uh, 100 kilometers per hour on uh, your, uh, your normal car. It's not a problem. It's like a tarmac, but on gravel. And uh, so that's why we have a lot of tarmac rallies, uh, I think, in, in Europe. And the difference is uh, in tarmac, you have to be very, very precise because each uh, minor error can be uh, devastating. Uh, that's why pace knots are really important on tarmac. Uh, every millimeter count, every the right gear, the right uh, speed is counting. And um, so you have, you have a lot of grips. So it can be very, very fast, but uh, each change of uh, surface can be difficult. Uh, gravel, if you cut a lot, you have a lot of gravel, if it's raining. So you can't adapt your tires all the time. It's, you have to be very prepared for anything and uh, every error, like I said, can be, can, uh, can be a crash. So, Everything should be very, very precise. So you have some different sensation in, uh, in tarmac because, like I said, there is a lot of grip. You can have a lot of speeds. Uh, braking are very uh, high also. Um, but on gravel, it's different. It's more like uh, improvisation. Uh, you, can, uh, you can cut a lot. Uh, your, your tires are, and uh, suspension are... Uh, are more set up to absorb a bigger impact, uh, some stones, some, uh, if you make an error, you can, you have more chance to, to suit it. So, so it's, it's different driving uh, in tarmac. Uh, it's very prohibited to make slide all the time because uh, the, the time will be very bad. So it's not the same way of, uh, of driving. Uh, on gravel, you have, you, you help, you, to, to go sliding, it's help you not to break too much. So you, you are more, uh, like I said, couple with your car. You, you, can be, you can do a lot of things with your car. You can dance with your car. And uh, on tarmac, it's different. It's like on the racetrack, you have to be very precise. Mm -hmm. So it's a different way of driving. And uh, in France, more people like tarmac rally, but for myself, uh, gravel rally for 100%, 100 yeah. Mm. So as a co-driver on Tarmac, um, does that mean that your notes are a lot more detailed and you're, you know, putting a lot more words um, to your driver, you know, explaining to him maybe crest in the road or off camber or, you know, I've never done Tarmac rally, so I have no idea what the notes sound like, but are those the type of things that, that you're throwing at them? I have a good example. My last, my last driver, Florent Bernardi, which is a good friend of mine, and I made most of the rally with him and uh, victory with him. It's a very good uh, tarmac uh, specialist. So his pace notes are really detailed. Uh, every breaking point, every uh, every uh, meters, every uh, the corner. Uh, in France, we we make Ricky uh, or, or um, we make Ricky with angle. 
So mm-hmm. I think maybe you, you saw some video from Lob or Rogier. Uh, mm-hmm. It's different from uh, from in US. I think you used only one one numbers to to describe your corner. In mm-hmm. France, uh, we have more um, more detail for the only the camber the the angle of the corner. You have the camber. You have the the, the cut also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a lot of lot of uh, information on my uh, on my pace notes. Sometimes I don't have the time to breathe for a simple thing so mm. for you you will say just uh, right six uh, 100 uh, right seven and for myself i will say uh, right 132 uh, uh, break uh, at the at the pole uh, turn uh, turn 20 meters after and it's it's completely different and more detail so that's why we i think we are better to to do to go faster on tarmac Mm-hmm. And uh, the same driver for him is very difficult to have a lighter pace note from gravel because when you say the same thing on gravel, there is no point for that because you are all the time you are sliding. Uh, mm-hmm. You may, maybe you will break too late, so to know all this information uh, will not help you to to take the corner. You have to to be prepared to to improve yourself du- uh, to improvise yourself during the stages. So that's why the pace notes have to be less detailed uh, to have the you you take time to to understand what uh, what you will see and also uh, you will you will drive more the car on tarmac on gravel rally so you just need to know if there are some danger some uh, not cut some uh, a little bit uh, the angle of the corner but you don't need all this information and uh, we have the Example last year on Cyprus rally, uh, we we tried to make a mix between uh, his gravel pace note and tarmac pace note, and on the first uh, leg it was so difficult for him to understand all the information because in Cyprus is very very twisty. Uh, I think the average speed is 60 kilometers. Wow. On normal rally it's 100 or 110. Right. And there it was 60, uh, 60 kilometers. So wow. every, there is a lot, a lot of corner, and uh, all this information uh, he didn't need it. Yeah. And uh, but I have to say to him, so it was completely lost after uh, 10 kilometers. I so much information. So that's why on the second leg we try to to set up a little bit to 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 erase uh, some not useful information. But it takes times to. To, to to have pace notes that can work both on tarmac and gravel rally. Mm, very interesting. Is it hard to make the switch from tarmac to gravel? Like you're reading off very different style of notes. Is that is that hard for you? For me, yeah, you you, you will take one or two special stages to because after a tarmac rally very with very high speed and high braking, if you come to a gravel rally, on the first uh, corner, you will not understand why you are completely uh, on the other side of the road. Why we will crash? Uh, we have to break. We have to break. But uh, after, uh, when you you are used to, it's uh, it's more easier. But um, you have to practice a lot, and uh, that's why in France we have a, a factory uh, cup like Peugeot or Citroen mm-hmm. that can, they, uh, where they mix. 
where they mix uh, tarmac and gravel rally to prepare young uh, driver to mm. be ready for highest level in ERC or WRC. And it's, uh, it's a good school to, to, to improve yourself, to be capable of uh, changing the surfaces a lot. Because uh, when I uh, take the example of uh, Florian Bernardi, uh, all this career he made on tarmac rally. So now at 32 years old, uh, it's difficult for him to change everything and, uh, and uh, readapt himself to the gravel rally. It will take time. He's a very good driver, so I'm not, uh, I'm not afraid uh, for him to be uh, good at it, but uh, it will take uh, two, three, five rallies to be very competitive. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really interesting. You mentioned, um, the schools. It seems like just in Europe generally, there are a lot more school opportunities. If you want to get into rally, do you find that a lot of the drivers you ride with have gone through some kind of school program to become a rally driver? Uh, yeah, uh, Ogier Orlob uh, uh, made um, a program that uh, called, it's called the Rally Jeune. Um, so you came with 20 euros on the on a day. There is uh, maybe uh, more, uh, multiple hundred people that are, uh, come for this kind of uh, events. So there is a small uh, track uh, on a parking uh, on a parking spot, mm -hmm. and uh, you have uh, two or three uh, tests before uh, they will take your best time and the 10 or 15 best people will uh, make a final on a, a real race track, on a real uh, race car. Mm -hmm. And the three best ones will uh, have uh, opportunity to have a real program uh, mm -hmm. in France. So on tarmac and uh, gravel rally, mm -hmm. uh, six rallies uh, on the year. And uh, you are competed in a formula called uh, Junior Championship in France mm -hmm. on the same car. Yeah. But uh, the winner of this, uh, of this, um, I would say, uh, operation mm -hmm. uh, are competed with the, with the guy with the same guy, and um, and if you are the winner, you can uh, you can have a program in WRC2 like Adrien Formo, maybe you know him. Um, he, he made that. Uh, he started with 20 euros, and now he's a factory driver in Ford in WRC2 Championship. So it'll take uh, four years to be there, but uh, he started with 20 euros. So yeah, it's a, it's a good opportunity to to start with nothing. Uh, if you are really good at it, you can uh, you, you can be uh, you can uh, follow your dreams to be a, a factory driver. Hmm. So when it comes to rally and their development, um, are they developing people to be both tarmac and gravel drivers, or at some point do they ask somebody to specialize? Like you're better at tarmac, you're better at gravel. You know, we're going to work more with you at this, and you're going to work more on gravel. Do they do that, or do they just teach them everything all at once? Uh, it's not very uh, a school. Uh, it's just uh, there are some people that can follow you to help you for sports, for mental strength, for uh, driving and stuff like that. But uh, they will, uh, I think, naturally uh, see uh, what uh, what is your weakness. Mm -hmm. So after it's you, it's on your own to to work on it to be better. If you are if you feel better on gravel, maybe you have to work on tarmac. But most of this kind of driver, like Aub, Ogier, or Adrien Formo, 
start with nothing or just small karting and stuff like that. So they have to to learn everything from running. So so if they are very good at it, we'll we'll see really quickly uh, really quickly uh, where their weakness were. So after you have to work a lot, uh, they can help you with some people, but uh, it is your work also to find some sponsorships, some uh, some help to to try to to reach the top level. Also, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So I want to hear about you did an I don't know if it was a single event or a series, but you won with your driver, and you guys won a car. Were the I think it was a Clio. Yes. Is that is that the yeah. right? Tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, in 2018, my uh, from Bernardi, my old driver from 2012, uh, called me back to be his co-driver because I was uh, involved in uh, in a rally team, a professional rally team in France, and I was stopping uh, co-driving for one and a half year because I was no time to to do both. But uh, when it, when he knew that I will, uh, I uh, made my own company. He, he immediately uh, called me to to know if I was available to to help him to to win his championship. So it was uh, the Renault Trophy uh, Clio Championships only on tarmac. Mm. Uh, Renault never um, put uh, a car on gravel. Um, so there was six uh, events uh, on the French Championship uh, at the same time that. Uh, with uh, the other uh, guys are uh, competed to win the, the French title. Mm -hmm. And uh, we made a very good season uh, with five victory, uh, four victory in five rallies. Wow. So yeah, it was a, it was a big, big, uh, big, big uh, season. And we also uh, discovered the ERC championship. Mm -hmm. So we discovered the rally Islas Canarias. Mm -hmm. um, in the Isle of Canarias and also the Roma Rally Capital. Uh, it was a new one in ERC. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we won also the ERC, our first appearance in ERC in Canarias in, uh, in Spain. And uh, we were, I think, uh, we, we, we crashed, unfortunately, uh, mm -hmm. at the end of uh, Roma Capital uh, Rally and we were uh, second, so it was a shame. But uh, we made the big year, and uh, and the prize was the Renault Clio, uh, Renault Clio RS, RS, uh, road car, uh, completely road car, mm -hmm. and it was a different prize that uh, we are used to, just money or some uh, some yeah. uh, easier. Do you still have the car? No, we have to sell it to <laughs> to, to a sponsorship for the for last year. <laughs> he didn't. Uh, he didn't. Uh, take the car too much uh, he wanted to to take it but uh, we need money to 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 be uh, in the ERC championship in 2019 so yeah. fortunately you had to sell sold it yeah yes you say you need money too that's all you need we, <laughs> rally takes money <laughs> so talk to us a little about your business you've been a co-driver for so long and now you've turned it into a bit of a business what is your business Yes, yeah, so after in 2017, I had the opportunity to start my own business uh, as a freelancer. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to move uh, to another city to 
for for my for my girlfriend job so but i didn't want to stop my activities in running so i tried this solution to start my own company and because i have a lot of contacts and uh, and i was involved in running uh, with no break uh, i knew that people know me so i, I said it was the right time to to start uh, my company so I was just a professional co-driver for Florian most of the time and also I was a coordinator logistics and sportive aspects for uh, teams like uh, Centelloc Racing, Citroën Racing uh, uh, and uh, Digisport, uh, Belgium team also. So in WRC or ERC and uh, I was uh, the help for the team manager uh, in all the logistics and uh, sportive aspects. So uh, you have to prepare the rally before uh, before the event. So it was uh, for WRC, it's one month before the event. Uh, you to make all the travel uh, arrangement, all the entry fees, all the service parked uh, form and stuff like that so it's a lot of work and during the event it's more like a sportive aspect so mm. you have to be very aware of the regulation uh, there is a lot of change all the time so you have to be aware of, uh, of everything and uh, in this level the co-driver needs to have some help on this aspect so so you have to be the you have to f to form a couple with the the, the co-driver, and uh, it will really count on you uh, to be to be effective on this kind of event. So he, he, he has a lot of work to do with his pace note and uh, racing. So if you can help him for uh, those other stuff, uh, it, it's uh, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. So that that brings up a couple questions, sort of backtracking a little bit. When you guys do recce, do you only get one? pass then you get one look at no. and then that's it no. or do you have a no. time frame or yeah in, in france now they are um, they are copies uh, the wrc uh, regulation so now we have only two two run uh, on each special stages so you can choose the weekend before the event uh, it's better for people that are living uh, near the rally or if you have a company or mm -hmm. if you cannot have a lot of uh, a day off or you can do that uh, like a WRC events uh, two, two days before the, the events mm -hmm. so you have a limited time uh, mm -hmm. each special stage has, has a time uh, um, I would say time planning so maybe the first one uh, it's only from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And the second one, maybe it's not uh, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Mm. So you have to, it's your job to set up the best uh, way to, to make all the stages on the day, on the right time. Mm. So sometimes I can spend uh, one day, completely one day to see all the maps and the solutions mm. to, right. to be more effective, uh, to, right. to do less kilometers, to do... Uh, uh, with the less time and etc so it's a lot of work to prepare everything now we have the pace note so it's easiest but uh, when you are new on to the rally it can, it can you can have a lot of work to mm. to prepare uh, only the ricky and after uh, of course the pace note uh, so then the other question i have that kind of leads into this too is um in a, in, in a rally, a bigger rally maybe in France, um, how, many, how many cars race? And then how many do you have in your class, the Clio class? 
So I think the the smallest. So French Championship, it's nine events. So the biggest rally in France is nine events, mm -hmm. and uh, it can be between 140 cars to 210 cars. So um, you have also uh, historic cars. So on some rally, rally like Rally du Var or Rally du Mont Blanc, mm -hmm. uh, they are very famous in the historic category. So sometimes there are 50 historic cars uh, on those rally. And after, on your class, it depends. Uh, if you have an R5 cars, it's uh, between 20 and 25 R5 cars. Mm -hmm. uh, and in uh, Renault Cup or uh, Citroën Cup or Peugeot Cup, Uh, in Renault, maybe you will have uh, 30 cars uh, competed for the same championship. Mm -hmm. So all the time, it depends on, the, on your class, but uh, you can count on uh, between 10 and 30 uh, cars on, on the same class. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, see, that makes sense. Like, I'm trying to get uh, an idea for people why um, logistics works uh, over there. Uh, here, so you know, important. so important, right? Yeah. You know, over here things are a little more lax and, and so, you know, it's maybe may a little easier, but it sounds like it's pretty intense over there. Your time windows are really short and, you yeah. know, you have to be at a certain stage during these particular times when it's open. So yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense that, that that's there. So I, I, I'm assuming you stay pretty busy then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially we have to do that because now, uh, Unfortunately, motorsport is not uh, is not so much appreciated in Europe for many reasons like uh, ecology or uh, price or stuff like that. So you have to make some concession to to continue to make rallies. So and especially for the people who are lived in near the rally, you cannot uh, close the road uh, during the day. Uh, only for the rally, but for the Ricky, it's uh, the road are opened, oh. so you have to you have to follow the you have to follow the the road rules. Oh, wow. Very important for that because we have a lot of. Uh, if not, you have a lot of fees. Uh, if you are too fast, uh, if you make an accident, and uh, we have to be very careful for everything like that because uh, a small incident on uh, on uh, on the Ricky stages. Mm -hmm. can uh, cancel the rally for next year. So we have yeah. to be very, um, I would say, uh, uh, comprehensive and, uh, and understand that uh, it's a sport, it's a passion, but not everybody uh, are sharing your passion. So we have yeah. to, to share the road uh, for uh, cyclists, for uh, trailers and stuff like that. So we have to be careful. Okay, one last question then that, that relates to that. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you see rally moving into electric power in the future? It's, it's a good question. I'm not a big fan of electric because I think it's, uh, it's not a good way because of the battery recycling and the range of the battery. Right. I am okay to, to, to make a transition to ecological uh, power, but uh, I think electric is not, is not a transition. Uh, There is a lot of other problems uh, in the future. We will have a lot of other problems for recycling, for the battery and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe we have to wait for another um, technology like hydrogen or maybe solar energy. I don't know. 
but um, it will be more efficient and uh, maybe more ecologic than electric. Mm -hmm. But uh, really, if Rally wanted to survive in next five years, they have to switch to something hybrid. Uh, maybe it's not electric, maybe it's something else, but uh, all the other big sports like Formula One, WEC, uh, maybe now MotoGP, Formula E, uh, everything, everybody comes to another technology. So Rally has to, to improve and, and find something to, to survive. So I, I, I don't know that, uh, I'm not sure that electric will, uh, will help rallying uh, right now because battery will be too, will be not, uh, I would say, uh, not enough to make a rally uh, in WRC 350 yeah. kilometers wet section and special shaded is too much for a battery. Mm -hmm. But uh, maybe try to find something else to, to show that we are making effort and uh, and we have to do uh, some effort, of course. Uh, motorsport has to to be implemented in the ecological way, so we have to find something. But uh, maybe rally in five or ten years, uh, we have to will be some smallest rally uh, just to to wait for another technology to appear and uh, mm -hmm. to start again for bigger rally and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said you were talking about um, the people in the local areas not always being thrilled to have the events. I feel like that is universal. Everywhere we race, you know, we're constantly trying to balance the neighbors and yeah, yeah. our race. So, yes. Yeah. But um, hydrogen and solar both sound very interesting. They do. We could, yeah. And, so, we have to wait. Yeah, I think now hydrogen or solar power is too low for for motorsport, so we have to yeah. wait a little bit. But you're an engineer, so you can <laughs> yeah. take that on. <laughs> so what's next for you? What are you What are you doing next in rally? Uh, we have to wait that uh, everything gets started again. So yeah. in France, it will be Rally du Mont Blanc in September. Okay. The first one after the, the crisis. Yeah. So everybody is very impatient to, to start again. Yes. And uh, I hope to have some activities in, uh, for, for other teams in ERC or WRC when everything will be started. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we are waiting to, that the machine will, uh, will come to live again. So. Yes. Yeah. Ugh, we, we definitely feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for spending the time with us and talking to us today. Um, tell people where they can find both you and maybe your company online or on Instagram. Yes, yeah, so I have a page in Instagram, LinkedIn, and also Facebook. So okay. they can put uh, also my name or uh, my company's Iringa Motorsport. So mm -hmm. they can find uh, some information uh, about that on those uh, social media. Yeah. Perfect. Yes, we will link to it. Absolutely. Thank you again yeah, so thank much. You. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Victor. If you did, we would love to know. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram or Facebook at Mod Racing. Mod is spelled M-O-D-D -D because it's an acronym for Motorsports and Driver Development. And just so you know, this podcast is a key part of the driver development piece of our mission. We are always striving to bring you interviews that help you grow in your motorsports journey wherever you might be. Thank you for listening today. We will catch you on the next one.